Yes, welcome in, everyone. Do not be confused with the fact that it's 30 degrees outside. It is indeed September. It's time for some football. Let's get into it. The Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL Podcast. Yes, I seem to have brought the weather back from the Canary Islands with me. It is indeed September, though, so let's start to talk some proper NFL football. Let's welcome in Josh, as usual. Josh, evening, mate. How are you doing? All good, mate, and glad to see you back in the chair as well. I was uh, The burden has been lifted from my shoulders, and quite a weighty burden it was as well for the last couple of weeks. Glad to pass it back on to your fine self but I really would wish you'd leave the weather over there. It is far <laughs> too hot for me. I mean, I'm trying to deal with these fantasy drafts and stuff like that as it is, let alone having to do it in 30-degree heat. Yeah, as we were saying off air, mate, it's always a worse 30 degrees in the UK as well. I've had a week of this, and it's not felt this hot all week in the Canary. So I do apologise, mate, but I'm sure it's set to change as we get towards the weekend. So only a couple of days of summer remaining. Steve is actually away himself this week. He's enjoying the last bit of summer sunshine, so he's timed it nicely. I hope you're enjoying the Lake District, pal. We will see you next week. So we have brought in a new man into the huddle and a new man into the full 10 yards crew. He'll be producing some written articles for us throughout the course of the season diving into how rookies are performing whether that is above or below expectations and also keeping a track on those players in the mvp conversation delighted to welcome liam into the podcast liam how are you mate hi mate yeah i'm good thanks thanks for, for having me this is my second pod of the day for some week one action so i should be uh, very much prepared that sounds good mate sounds good and uh, you are now our resident chiefs fan as well is that correct yeah, I am. So this is going to be an interesting one with two Browns fans and uh, Chiefs fans. I'm not wearing a Zach Ertz jersey as well, so I'm letting uh, I'm letting the pod down a little bit, unfortunately. But there we go. Yeah, but just on that, Zach Ertz, he's still very much an eagle, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, but I'm, my no, track he, says he's still an eagle. He's still an eagle. I haven't quite spoken to Steve to make absolutely sure, but that jersey will remain relevant throughout the season. I'm but sure. we'll keep an eye out. We'll keep an eye out. I think that's going to be our, our little thing to keep going throughout the year, I think. Got to yeah, do absolutely. justice now. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure going through all the divisions, but we are sick of talking about hypotheticals. We've got some actual games to get into. But uh, one thing that we didn't do when we were doing the previews is actually make a few predictions. We predicted sort of who might win the divisions and that type of thing. But obviously, there's some big stuff to play for at the end of the season. So very quickly, I'm just going to go and get some views on some of the key awards. And of course, the big question around who we are picking before anyone's actually played down who our Super Bowl winner will be. So, Josh, I'm going to throw it over to you first. Offensive player of the year, who do you reckon it's going to be? Will it be Zach Ertz? It's not going to be Zach Ertz. He won't even be best tight end of the year, unfortunately, for Steve. But uh, no, so it pains me to say this, especially considering we have our resident Chiefs fan in today. But uh, yeah, I, I can't see past Patrick Mahomes for offensive player of the year. 
Um, there's there's a couple of good candidates out there. Um, you know, Dak Prescott's definitely up there, but I think he's far more likely to get comeback player of the year than he is offensive player of the year. Um, so, yeah, un- unless someone has a stupid season, I, I really don't see it going much past Patty Mahomes. I think that's fair, mate. I think that's absolutely fair. I mean, he's likely to be in the MVP race. And I suppose the thing with these awards generally, it's almost like a second prize, isn't it? The Offensive Player of the Year. Um, Mahomes, he's he's likely to be up there in both of those categories. If he doesn't win one, he's likely to win the other. So probably a a safe bet, Liam. I'm sure that's a bet that you can certainly get behind. But uh, have you got anybody else in mind? Yeah, so I had Mahomes down because I did look at the data and it's about 50% of people that win MVP also win the other award. So he's down as my favourite for, for MVP. But I also wrote down, I think, if another QB wins it, I like the fact that Tom Brady could be up there with his age. Mm. I still think people will will take that into consideration. And I think sometimes if you've got the best record in the NFL, that's going to kind of weigh with the judges, I think. Uh, then the only other one is if they don't go uh, the same as the MVP, then I wonder if Derek Henry could have one final year uh, winning it again. I think he's won two in a row now. So I wonder if he could win it again. Yeah, I think that's another good shout as well. I think, you know, he's certainly still going to be the focal point of the offence. I know they've obviously brought Julio Jones over, but Derrick Henry's still going to get more than his fair share of touches in the backfield, isn't he? I think you could make a case for a few running backs potentially that could become the focal points of the team to sneak into this conversation. I know obviously the Saints naming Winston as the starting quarterback are likely to throw the ball more than if they'd have named Taysom Hill the quarterback. Um, but you figure Alvin Kamara stands to have a good season. You know he could sneak into the conversation. Dalvin Cook, if he can actually stay injury free for a year in Minnesota, is another one. Um, maybe a bit left field, but possibly the likes of Jonathan Taylor. Lots of hype going on around him. You know I think there's a few running backs that potentially could sneak into the conversation. But I'm actually going to throw a wide receiver in there to be completely different. I'm going to actually throw in a wide receiver because. Um, we get told all the time, don't we, now about it being a passing league and all the rest of it. I actually reckon there could be a sneaky Devontae Adams for offensive player of the year, potentially. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about this being the last dance in Green Bay, and I think they're going to want to go out with a bang if they do. That connection, Rogers to Adams, has been the connection now, hasn't it, for the last two or three years. Don't see any reason why that would change. They, you know, again... Um, almost infamously now, haven't really addressed it in the draft. Um, so it's still going to be that Adams connection. Um, and I would imagine if he's up there leading the league again in touchdowns, he would certainly enter the conversation. Yeah, but it's, I actually find that quite quite surprising that you went that way. I would have uh, I would have said if there was a wide receiver likely to, you know, be right up there, it'd be Stefan Diggs. You know, he was definitely the. Um, I, I think that he's been. The, the man that's made the most noise for the last couple of years at wide receiver. And I think that these awards are definitely more about noise than they are about numbers, as sad as that is. Um, so, you know, let's say that Buffalo made it to the Super Bowl, for example. I know it's all based on regular season records, supposedly, but it's not like uh, it's not like people voting aren't going to take uh, postseason into consideration. Because let's face it, Kevin Stefanski, when he got his vote for Coach of the Year, that was definitely based off uh, off the Pittsburgh winning the play, in the postseason. So um, yeah, if if we're going wide receiver, I'd probably lean more towards Stefan Diggs. But wide receivers don't really get that sort of accolade. I don't think. I, I can't think of the last time a wide receiver got it. Someone's now going to blow me out the water and say it was like three <laughs> years ago or something. <laughs> But I, 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 it just doesn't seem like something that's done very often. 
Yeah, I think it's generally, like you say, quarterback driven, isn't it? Um, you know, and in all likelihood, it may well end up being that it goes that direction again. But I certainly think, you know, that there's a few of these players that we've mentioned here that are set to have big years. I'm still, I'm still not overly convinced that Josh Allen has such a good year again. And I think that would be the thing that hurts Diggs in terms of his numbers. I think obviously with Aaron Rodgers, you've got to pretty much guarantee we know how high his floor is. It's, you know, extremely high, isn't it? So, you know, you're pretty good to be pretty much going to be getting what you're used to out of Adams. I think, you know, let's let's see Josh Allen repeat it in terms of uh, Stefan Diggs's production. Let's flip it to the defensive side of the ball then, fellas. Josh, start with you again, mate. Defensive player of the year. It's a homer pick for me. Um <laughs> Just, just because I think it's finally his year, Miles Garrett. Um, not so much because he hasn't brought it year after year, but because there's always been something that stopped him from achieving a full season. You know, last year it was COVID. The year before it was, and then the year before that it was an injury. And so, you know, there's always been something. But I think that with um, Jadavian Clowney on the other side of that line, he's going to get a lot less pressure against him. He's going to be able to go after the quarterback a lot more freely than he has done in previous years. I know that Clowney's coming off a down year and, well, a down couple of years, but just by having that presence on the other side, it's not like they can't... It's not, it's not like they can ignore him. So Garrett's going to get much cleaner looks and... You know, offensive lines in the uh, schedule that the Browns got have, has gotten actually weaker, I think, in terms of, um, um, you know, in terms of the uh, season ahead. So, yeah, Garrett, for me, looks like the one that's going to challenge Aaron Donald. And it's about damn time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you say, he's had a, a couple of, um, like you say, stop-start seasons for different reasons. If he can put a full 16 games together, uh, there's no doubt in his ability whatsoever, is there? Um, Liam, are you going on the defensive line or are you going elsewhere? Yeah, I'm on the same kind of path. I think Garrett will be the second favourite every single year now until he wins it. But yeah. I think it's hard to look past Aaron Donald. I know he's won it twice in a row. But if I had to pick an outsider that wasn't those two, I've been a bit of a homer as well. I've gone with Chris Jones. Uh, of the Chiefs, obviously interior defensive line normally. They normally don't win it unless they're called Aaron Donald, but the Chiefs are moving him to edge this year. Uh, and I know he's set a personal target to beat the sack record. <laughs> Whether or not he beats the sack record, uh, we- we'll see. But yeah, I expect 15 plus sacks from him this season. And this is very different to the other award. I think they do look at stats. And I think if he walks away with the most sacks in the league, then I think that it'll be hard to look past him. Yeah, completely agree. And I think it, because it is very stat-driven, you tend to go defensive line, don't you? Because interceptions are such a, a folly thing, really. You know, you can you can essentially play better from one season to the next and, you know, have half as many interceptions because teams just stop throwing the ball in your direction. So it's really difficult for the guys in the secondary to really get involved in it. Um, you know, I, th- I think the two that you've mentioned are the clear two front runners. I'd probably throw... Um, Chase Young into that mix, obviously an incredible um, rookie yeah. campaign. I think he's going to be right up there. Nick Bowser are coming back off an injury as well. Um, you know, so it's definitely going to be from that defensive line that you would imagine that the winner is going to come from. Let's flip it up and talk about rookies. I mentioned a couple of people had good rookie seasons. Let's talk about the guys that are new into the league. Um, throw at us, you know, I mean, both sides of the ball if you want, but, you know, if there's just one or, or whatever you've got a particular view on. Um, rookie of the year then, Josh. So, 
we had to put these out as part of the uh, as part of the guide. So I went flicking back through my guide uh, just before we came back on air, and I'm already backtracking um, simply because there's one guy that has shone so much that he's kicked out Cam Newton uh, out of New England. You know, Matt Jones being QB one is a far bigger deal than I think that people are really recognizing at the moment. To be able to impress Bill Belichick that much that he's willing to put, a, you know, to demote and, uh, you know, kick out a guy who was very well regarded in that dressing room. Um, you know, so many stories saying as to how Cam Newton was really well regarded among the players and would have been a stabilising presence for Jones in his first year. But to actually beat him out to the job and kick Newton out is huge. And the Patriots have a great team as well. Um, you know, they are low key a playoff contender. Um, you know, they, they, they could battle with the likes of Buffalo and the Dolphins. And if they end up getting a playoff place, uh, you know, that'll be on Matt Jones's back. And I think that that pretty much stamps his ticket automatically. I don't see any other offensive rookie that has a clear line to that, um, just based off the fact that Matt Jones is QB1 for starting gate. Yeah, it's difficult to argue with that. I think if just referring to the guide, I went with Jamar Chase, and that was on my assumption at the time that Trevor Lawrence was obviously going to start, probably wasn't going to win a lot of games. Zach Wilson was going to start, probably not win a lot of games. And then you're sort of then flapping around to say, well, actually, who's going to have a massive impact? I went with Jamar Chase because there was so much hype coming into the draft process around him being reconnected with Joe Burrow. Um, Obviously not had a great camp. I think that's probably to be expected. He hasn't played in a long time. He was one of the guys that opted out of the college season, um, you know, 12 months ago. So, you know, there there are going to be some growing pains there. It's obviously a transition as well into the NFL. Um, You know, we'll wait and see. But, you know, don't forget, you know, this time last year, there wasn't huge amounts of vibes coming out about Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. You know, he hadn't had the most particularly brilliant training camp and look what he went on to produce. So I'll stick with the pick that I put in the guide. I will stick with Jamar Chase. I think he will become a main sort of feature point of that offense. And obviously I think he'll be a connection that Burrow does want to, to get, um, get ticking and, and go to early and often. And Liam, let's uh, flip it over to yourself, mate, in terms of your selection from a, certainly from an offensive side of, of things, because that's what we've talked about so far. Yeah. So offensive wise, uh, unfortunately I had the same as Josh. I think Matt Jones is, he, he's too good. It's going to be a case of if they have nine, 10 wins, like I predict, and I think they will be a wild card team. Uh, I think it's very hard to look past a QB that leads that when all the other QBs arguably aren't going to play or they're going to have three, four, five, six wins. So I did put Matt Jones. If I had to push myself for a different one, uh, I just think Justin Fields has a good chance. Uh, I know not everyone loves Ohio State, Ohio State quarterbacks, but uh, I think what? that, <laughs> yeah, I just think that Andy Dalton's going to be so bad in week one and two that he'll play early. Uh, so he'd be an outside shot, but I do agree. I think Matt Jones is the best of the better. So, Liam, I've asked this with everybody else that's been on the pod so far. I've got to ask you as well, seeing as you've just brought it up. How soon <laughs> does Field start in Chicago? Uh, I think week one could be so bad that you're talking halfway through week two. No, that's yeah. so early. Yeah, I think Dalton's going to be horrendous in week I'm, one, to be honest. I, mean, I think he's going to be horrendous, but week two. Yeah, I could see I, it. I, I, lo- see I love it. it. I low-key love it, but... but <laughs> Yikes. 
Sean, spin us on before I spiral. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's move to the defensive side of the ball very quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, defensively, again, you're probably looking more likely for, for players on the defensive line. Obviously, if you you know sort of think back 12 months, Chase Young was by far and away the runaway sort of candidate. Um Hasn't necessarily been that same vibe from anybody, though, from a defensive line, you know, perspective. Um, So probably a more difficult selection. So, Josh, let's go to you, defensive side rookies. Yeah, so this one was way more difficult, but I'm sticking with what I've put in the guide. Uh, Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys. And the only reason as to why I've really put that is I'm trying to think as to who would have the most impact in their position. Uh, and was a first rounder essentially because it's mainly first rounders unless someone really has a spot uh, as a flyer um you know D- Dallas's defense was trash last year um that you know they really need some you know they they need they need fresh blood they need a spot they need something i reckon that parsons is going to give them that straight away the the one thing that i've taken away from a truly dreadful hard knocks this year is the fact that Michael pa- Michael parsons looks the parts and he looks like he will be able to make a lot of plays for dallas early doors and i think that if he does that if he's able to have you know good numbers from where he's at because you know he he does play in a position that uh, that people do like to do like to shout about he will be able to make impact plays and if it means that dallas because you also have to look at the win the wind changes as well. Dallas are going to do better than last year if people are healthy anyway. But as a as a rookie, you can say as a rookie in a poorly performing aspect of last season, i.e. the defense, you can say, I've come in and I've helped us get this many extra wins. That's so vital when it comes to votes on this sort of thing. Yeah, no, I completely agree, mate. Completely agree. It's uh, it's a, a fairly safe selection. I mean, I'm just actually looking back through the the draft order, and another reason this is difficult, of course, is the first defensive player didn't actually go off the board until the eighth overall pick. So, um, there's there certainly isn't that standout candidate this year. Liam, have you got one for us? Yeah, so I had a bit of an outsider, which may be not popular with uh, two Browns fans, but I'm going to go with Adafe Owe, formerly known as Jason Owe, uh, just because I think. Similar to what Josh said, actually, that they're going to be a good team. I think the Ravens, he's going to get a lot of national TV games, going to get a lot of kind of press. Uh, But also they blitz a lot. As you'll probably know as Browns fans, they blitz the quarterback nonstop. Uh, So I just think if he ends up being a free rusher more often than not next to someone like Houston, uh, I just have the the opinion that he might come away with the most sacks. And again, that would be a slightly stat-based award that if he's got four more sacks than anyone else uh, from the rookie class, then he he, he probably would get it. But I think Parsons is the favourite for a reason. Yeah, yeah, difficult to disagree. I mean, I, I sort of, you know, will throw the homer pick in in terms of JOK. I think he'll make plenty of splash plays that will get him plenty of attention, um, you know, but whether he's going to play enough snaps to really justify it, we'll wait and see. I think he might be almost used on a game-to-game basis. It's a shame that they're playing the Chiefs in week one because, you know, I'd like to have seen him covering Travis Kelsey after he'd had, you know, a, a good few NFL games under his belt, to be honest. But, you know, it'll be a... He'll certainly be uh, thrown into it on Sunday. Um, the one that I picked in the guide, and I'll stick with my pick, was Jamin Davis, the linebacker for Washington. Similar sort of thought process to the Micah Parsons selection. I think he's going to be on the field. He's going to be active You know, most games. I think he's playing in an excellent front seven, um, which will allow him opportunities to make um, tons of plays. Um, he's improved throughout the preseason. Um, it was a little bit of criticism of his performance in the first week, but you know he's improved. It seems week by week, um, you know, and I think he'll be a tackling machine in what's already a, an excellent defense. So, 
Um, there's a few players to look out for, but fellas, um, before we get into the actual games for week one, the final question, the final bit of prediction and preview, if you like, of the season overall. Super Bowl winners, we're, but we're all supporters of teams that are quietly fancied in the betting or heavily fancied if you're uh, Liam, let's put it that way. Um, are there any homer picks or are we going elsewhere? So, Josh, let's throw it over to you to start with. So, my heart is a homer pick, but my brain is the safe pick. So, my heart does say that if there is a season that the Cleveland Browns can win the Super Bowl, it will be this year. Um, simply because I don't think we'll get as good a schedule, at least not for the next two, three years. I think that we'll end up winning the division or coming at least second. Um, I don't think that we'll get a better schedule for three, four, maybe five years, and that's our entire Super Bowl window. Um we came close against Kansas last year with no defense at all. And we've now, you know, the Browns have now got the depth required to actually make a run at teams like Kansas and, and others around, you know, like Buffalo, like Baltimore, you know, we're going to be able to stand up to those teams a lot more now. Um, It's just as to whether or not they can put it all together this quickly because it would be very fast to be able to do that. But we've seen teams do, uh, do a lot more with a lot less time. Look at Tampa last year. Uh, my brain says Kansas. I think if there is a team that's going to stop someone like the Browns or the Bills from, from going all the way, it's going to be Kansas. They're the, uh, you know, they are the class of the NFL. Last year was a fluke by Tampa. Really Tampa should have been dead and buried in the, uh, in the wild card, let alone, well, anything else, they should have been gone in the wild card. They should have been gone in the divisional. They should have been gone in the conference. How on earth they made it to a Super Bowl, let alone storm it. Um, so I think that the winner will be an AFC this year. Um, it's just as to whether or not anyone can get past Kansas because the AFC does rightfully so go through Kansas at the moment. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout, fair and reasonable and reasoned shout, I should say. Um, Liam? Yeah, I'm not going to disagree as a Chiefs fan. Uh, I do think that I do think the Chiefs. We all know the Super Bowl is a bit of a lottery. Like as a Chiefs fan, if you'd have said to me we'd be playing the Bucks in the Super Bowl, I'd have said we'd have won comfortably after the first matchup in the season. But then your left tackle, your left guard goes down, your right tackle's already been down, and it's a bit of a different story. So I think it'll be the Chiefs versus the Packers in the Super Bowl. Uh, I'll just pick the Chiefs, but you never know what could happen on the day. I think Rodgers Mahomes uh, Super Bowl, maybe his last one ever playing for for Green Bay, would be quite fun. No, it certainly would be good. I think it's it's the one thing that's certainly missing from his career, isn't it? You know, he should have really had multiple appearances. You could argue he should have had multiple championships and obviously to only get to the big game once uh, will always be the knock on his career, despite his sort of, you know, magnificent numbers throughout the regular season and everything. So certainly, you know, I mentioned it earlier when I was talking about Devontae Adams. If it is the last dance, then, uh, you know, it will be quite poetic um, for him to get back to the big game. Um, I, similar to Josh, picked the Browns in terms of the season guide. Um, I'm going to stick with it. I've stuck with it even when we were 0-16. I'm going to keep picking them until they win it because one day it'll come true, won't it? So, um, but no, I, I do genuinely think that I trust this team and this front office more than I've ever trusted any that I've watched in the 14 or 15 years that I've been watching them now. Um, I think they've addressed where the weaknesses were on the roster. Um, you know, particularly the defence. I think you could see as many as seven or eight new starters on Sunday, which, you know, really just goes to show 
um, where the weaknesses work, you know, considering the starting offensive unit will essentially be the exact same starting offensive unit. Um, I expect big things from Baker Mayfield in his first sort of season without head coach or offensive scheme changes. I think you could see the growth throughout the second half of last season, and I think he'll continue on that upward trajectory. Um, and, you know, I do think that the books have got every chance of going back to the big game and you should never obviously rule out Brady if that is the case. Um, but yeah, home a pick, but I'm sticking <laughs> with it. We're going to go with Cleveland. So that's all the previews and the predictions done. 24 minutes into the podcast. I think he feels about the right time, fellas. Let's actually start talking about some games. We've actually got something, some actual tangible football to watch this week and it all kicks off of course in the early hours of friday morning uk time one twenty a.m kickoff um i think if you want to watch ed Sheeran, he starts at midnight if you want to really get into the build-up of it all um but it is of course tampa getting the honor of opening up the season um they're the home team taking on the dallas cowboys obviously the return of dak prescott um Exciting matchup, fellas, on paper. I think we're probably all expecting a similar outcome in terms of a home victory, but I do think it's got the potential to be an entertaining game. Obviously, before his injury last season, Dak was on a bit of a tear, wasn't he? You know, he was you know essentially going to throw for about nineteen thousand yards, I think, on the season at the point of his injury. Um, you know, so certainly getting him back is going to be a massive boost to Dallas. But Josh, in terms of what um, what to expect and what you're looking forward to, um, you know. What what do you sort of want to see from the kickoff game? So I think we're going to get a lot of points. Uh, that's the one thing which I think we can almost guarantee with this game is that we're going to see quite a lot of points. It's going to be a very offensively fueled matchup. Uh, I've, I'm just a little bit worried with the Dallas side of it all being able to keep up their end of the bargain, just because of the just because of the injuries of which you've seen around their camp all of a sudden. You know, and I'm not even talking about Dak's shoulder, of which is already a concern, if to nobody else, to my fantasy teams. Um, but uh, I believe it was their left tackle that went down this this week, or their left guard, or maybe both. Uh, their mm. offensive line is looking a little piecemeal, from what I've gathered from uh, some of the other podcasts I've been listening to this week. So, if their offensive line is going up against Tampa's front seven, not fully cocked, then I mean, you know, we could be looking at a result worse than the Super Bowl at this rate. Sorry to bring it up, Liam. But someone's <laughs> going to dig you in the ribs. Um, and if it's not a Cleveland fan, then who else is it going to be? But, uh, yeah, um, I think there's going to be a lot of points. I'm just not sure that half of them are going to be Dallas's. Um, I'm not sure it's going to be close. But it, but it will be entertaining. I think that we it will be entertaining. I think that it's going to be really interesting to see Tampa see if they've got the same fire as last year. You know, everyone coming back, all we've been talking about is everyone's back. Everyone's here for the repeat. We're here for Tom Brady part two. We're here to see if we've actually built the franchise up or if it was just a fluke. Got to remember, they went 10 and 6 last year. 10 and 6, 11 and 5. I think it was 10 and 6. You know, so do they have what, what way it has to be a consistent force in the regular season i'm excited by it as is the missus it's her team and uh, we'll be watching the uh, we'll be watching the highlights on uh, friday morning on our way through the lake district don't i think it's a bit too much for her to uh, watch through the night but uh, no it will be interesting 
Yeah, it's good to have you back, isn't it? I always watch the kickoff games. It doesn't matter who's playing. I think it's it's one of those traditions. I almost enjoy it almost more than the Super Bowl to some strange reason. I suppose that's because I know I've got 18 weeks ahead of me as opposed to the Super Bowl. That sort of sense of regret that it's the last time you're going to be watching it for the next 28, 29 weeks, whatever it is. Liam, what are you looking forward to, buddy? Well, I'm definitely not looking forward to seeing the Bucks get their rings after uh, last season's <laughs> Super Bowl. I'm probably going to avoid that. But no, I, I agree with Josh that it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, in terms of the Dallas O-line, that's the worry. Uh, so Zach Martin, which is the, the left guard that you're referring to, he's out with COVID. That's basically guaranteed now. Uh, I think he's actually got it, which is X amount of days. Uh, and then also Brandon Knight, which is his backup. He was a close contact being in, this, in the room together. So he's missing as well. So they're down to like third string guard at one point, which is a bit of a worry when you're going against Dominican Sue and, and Vita Vea. So Yeah, that's who you want. Yeah, that, that's my worry. I think Dak's going to have a lot of pressure. And with that shoulder and obviously the ankle from last year, I just wonder, is this going to be the night where we truly see how good Dak is or we're going to have to wait a few weeks for him to kind of get his feet under the table a bit after that injury? Uh, so in terms of what I'm looking forward to, to watching the most, unfortunately, I think Brady is going to kill the secondary. So I think we're going to see some uh, some good passing offense from the Bucks. I think the Cowboys are better defensively. Parsons is a big difference to that. But I think the secondary is still pretty poor. Their, their reserve corners are not good at all. So I think that the Bucks are going to be throwing it a lot. And then maybe if they get down enough, we're going to see Dak coming back and, and try and throw the ball as well. So as a passing offense fan, it's a perfect game for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, like you say, that, that Dallas secondary is the, the big question mark. It always seems to be the question mark when it comes to Dallas and defence. It is the secondary. I think, you know, for as long as I've known Tim now, we've been saying, when are the Cowboys actually going to pick up a safety? Um, it seems to just be a, an ongoing thing with them. Um, Dan Quinn being brought in as defensive coordinator. We see how he goes. Obviously, you know, he's he's spell at Atlanta didn't come to a, a great end, but obviously a very good defensive mind. It was obviously very sought after when he got that head coaching position because of what he'd done on the defensive side of the ball. Um so it will be interesting to see how that defence does go. I think in terms of the offensive line, a lot of it's been, you know, sort of already discussed with what you guys have said. Um but Obviously, the, the 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 big thing really is you know Dak actually taking a hit. Um, everything suggests that he should be full go, quote unquote full go. You know he's a hundred percent, he's ready. Um, but you you and I all know that when you actually take a hit in a real life game, you know you haven't got that orange jersey on in practice to sort of say don't hit me. It will have a significant impact, and it might not be actually a bad thing for him to to be in a game where he is going to be feeling some heat. You know, you obviously do not want him to pick up an injury. I'm not suggesting that you want him to be hit left, right, and centre, but he knows he's going to have to be on his game because he is going to be getting pressure from all directions, isn't he? Um, so you know that that's certainly you know not necessarily a bad thing. Like if you look at the Cowboys' schedule after this week. It's actually pretty favourable for the next few weeks. You know, there is a, a, a path to a number of wins, you would suggest, for the Cowboys on paper. So I think, you know, to say damage limitations before kickoff is is really negative thing to say. Um, but you almost want them to come out of here with, you know, like you say, a bit of respectability on the scoreboard. You certainly don't want to be coming off with 35, 40-odd points against you. And, and obviously, you don't want to be picking up any injuries. You would fully expect the books to pick up where they left off. You know, they did improve throughout the course of the season. You know, and I think, you know, as Josh alluded to, they potentially, you know, fortunate in as much as getting into the playoffs via the wild card, obviously then picking up the NFC East um, as the sort of lowest ranked divisional winner. So obviously I had a much better record in that matchup. 
Um, so, you know, you'd expect them to continue to to improve and to grow. Bringing everybody back gives that sense of continuity. So I think we're all expecting a, a Tampa win. Correct me if I'm wrong. Tampa win, fellas. Tampa win. Tampa win. Yeah. Has to be. I was gonna. I was gonna say. I don't know what your views are. What are your views on Mike McCarthy as a as a head coach? Both of you, just because that'd be my other worry. There, time management is horrendous. Last season, obviously, he's got a new DC, which he needed, but the OC is still the same. So I was wondering, what are your views on him? Have you watched Hard Knocks? I've watched one episode and I gave up, but I've heard bad reports. Yeah, yeah. Basically, did you watch that first episode of Hard Knocks? Yeah, you have your answer. <laughs> he he is an absolute shit show by the looks of it. To be quite honest, Hard Knocks has done him no favors whatsoever. Mm. Um, I actually think that the Packers probably ended up um, just being fed a lie of. Uh, McCarthy being any good, and they've probably been stopped from a few rings just because of him. Yeah, um, yeah no, he inspires no confidence from me whatsoever. Um, and uh, it, 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 it looked embarrassingly bad, let alone the stuff on the pitch. Off the pitch just seems just as bad. So, uh, yeah, no, I think that's uh, uh, definitely a, something clicked in me over the offseason that Mike McCarthy's just not the guy. Yeah, I don't want to come across as ageist because, you know, there's some fantastic football minds and, you know, plenty of experience and there's, you know, lots of guys that have, you know, like Dean Pease, for example, coming back into the league. I think that's a fantastic appointment, you know, and he's a guy with, with tons of experience. I think in terms of recent head coaching hires, the Mike McCarthy one was almost a bit of a, a you know, it was so unlike the others, wasn't it? You know, everyone seems to be going for the young, up-and-coming, you know, sort of offensive mind. Um, you know, in particular, there's been a bit more focus on the defensive side of the ball this year with some of the hires. But again, it's generally been first-time head coaches, younger guys. It, it felt at the time like a sensible hire for Dallas. You know, I think we commented on it at the time and, you know, everything's great with hindsight, isn't it? I think at the time, everybody thought, yeah, it was a, a fairly steady hire and a, and a reasonable hire after the, the Jason Garrett years. But he, he's certainly on the hot seat from from the opening week of this season, isn't he? Like I so say, I think he'll almost get a mulligan in week one. But as we've alluded to, that schedule is relatively favourable. I think if they're not in a position, you know, by week eight, week nine, week ten, that it's looking like they're going to go anywhere, then I wouldn't be surprised if the trigger gets pulled in season. Um, you know, I think he, he's under that much pressure. We obviously know that Jerry, um, you know, doesn't like to, to sit around, does he? Um, you know, he will, will make the move if he feels that that is what needs to be done. And I think, you know, although I'm far from convinced, I think there's a school of thought that Kellen Moore is quite a desired commodity outside of the Dallas building, um, the offensive coordinator. And I think it may well be, going back to what I just said there about the young offensive mind, they may well sort of see, well, you know, if we're not getting anywhere with McCarthy, let's see what um, potentially Kellen Moore can do. But, that, you know, that would be a, a huge gamble. He's only, what is he, 33? Um, but it wouldn't be a surprise to me at all if they went that direction, if the season seems to be uh, nose-diving in the wrong direction. Yeah, nothing can stop you with Jerry. <laughs> that's absolutely true, mate. Absolutely true. Um, 
the two Sky games this weekend, fellas. We're going to have a quick chat about those, and then we'll have a look at the others that are on the schedule. There's some interesting games. Um, I certainly think in terms of the 6 o'clock window, there were a few candidates that Sky could have gone for, as usual, when these things are selected. You know, there'll be tons of people saying that they got it wrong. But I think on balance, I think Pittsburgh at Buffalo seems like a sensible selection. Two teams that were playoffs last year. Two teams that you would expect to probably be there or thereabouts again. Certainly Buffalo uh, are very much up there in people's thoughts and in the betting consideration and all of that type of thing. So that's the opening Sunday, 6 o'clock um, showing. Josh, we're going to be meeting up in Birmingham on Sunday to watch all of this, mate, unfold. Are you looking forward to Pittsburgh, Buffalo? I'm looking forward to cheering for the Bills. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> Josh Allen's in a couple of my fantasy leagues. Stefan Diggs too, so I might as well watch them tear apart uh, tear apart Pittsburgh. But uh, no, it's actually a pretty good six o'clock starter. You know, there's there's quite a lot on the six o'clock slate that could have easily have been chosen. Um, so this is um, it felt almost like a safe bet just because both sides have quite good um, quite good fan representations over here. And, you know, Buffalo, obviously, on the rise, wanting to show one of them. Um, Pittsburgh, obviously, the fans everywhere. Um, I mean, in, in my heart and my head, I'm expecting Buffalo to run away with it. But that's only because of how bad Pittsburgh were at the end of last season. Um, if Pittsburgh can hold close to Buffalo, you know, even if they ended up only losing by a score, I reckon that will hold Pittsburgh in great stead for the season. Um, as much as it pains me to say it, because I think that, Everyone, myself included, has probably written off Pittsburgh as has-beens, um, you know, the, the era is over finally, etc., etc. But they, they're not far off. Their defence is elite. Their defence is elite. They've finally, got a, um, they've finally got a running back that can diversify their game. You're not going to have to watch Big Ben try and launch it 974 times a game. So, you know, it could, um, you know, Pitt Pittsburgh fans shouldn't be afraid of this game, um, much in the same as the uh, the next game that we're going to talk about as well. But, um, yeah, interesting. This one has a lot of intrigue written all over it, but um, hoping and praying for a Buffalo win. <laughs> yeah, they're certainly the favourites to do so. Just had a quick look. I think six and a half point favourites heading in. Probably feels about right, Lee. Do you think six and a half points favourites? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think if it was any more, like you're talking the seven and a half range, past that key number at seven, I think you'd be betting the other way. But I do agree. I think when I looked at the the line and the game overall, I think it's fair. I think it's a tougher game than most people think initially. I think Pittsburgh will be pretty good out the gate, uh, but I think Buffalo, as the game goes on, could obviously flourish. But I think my my main worry for if I was a Steelers fan, which obviously I am not, I think the cornerback room is still pretty average. I know Joe Hayden is, is quite light down there, but I think his age now, uh, he's not the best. And I think we all know what Buffalo are going to do. They're not going to run the ball. They're going to pass the ball as much as possible. They're going to pass the ball 40, 50 yards down the field as much as possible. And I'd just be worried if I was a Steelers fan that, that whether they can keep up as the game goes on. Um, I think the offense might be better for Pittsburgh this season. Obviously, Matt Canada, new OC, he he runs a bit more play action and a bit more motion uh, than the Steelers are used to, so that might help. But I do think overall that Buffalo offense is going to be a little bit too much. So I have Buffalo winning, but I think it'll be a bit closer maybe than uh, some people think. Yeah, I think it has got the potential to be close. I'm really intrigued to see how much of an impact Najee Harris has on this Pittsburgh running game. I'll speak to and listen to Steelers fans and they seem fairly confident that he will 
on his own make a significant impact. I'm I'm yet to be convinced, to be honest. I'll believe it when I see it. I think that offensive line is... No, I, just, I do think that offensive line is atrocious. I really do. It, it's got to be one of the worst offensive lines in football um, after being such a such a good offensive line for seemingly forever. Um, you know, but mm. Pouncey, De Castro, um, you know, both retired at the same time. You know, you've lost other players in free agency. Yes, there's a nice sort of trio or, or whatever of weapons on the outside in terms of Claypool, Johnson, Smith Schuster. Um, you know, they've got receivers that they can, you know, get involved in the passing game. Obviously, you know, we talk a lot about quarterbacks declining. Tom Brady seems to defy that, but it does appear that physically Big Ben isn't what he used to be, um, which is obviously a massive concern. You know, he didn't look great at the back end of last season and there was too much of a reliance on him to throw the ball, which, you know, isn't what you want him to be doing at this age. Um, so I do think there are still massive, massive issues on the offensive side. I agree with everything you said, though, Josh, in terms of the defensive side of the ball. It's still going to be, you know, a hard-nosed, tough defence. It always is under Mike Tomlin. I'd agree with what Liam said. The secondary is where there will be question marks. I think losing Stephen Nelson is going to be, um, you know, a big issue for them. You know, I agree. I mean, I loved Joe Hayden at his time in Cleveland. He's been a solid player for Pittsburgh as well. Um, you know, but I think, you know, he's almost, he's already said he's going to test free agency next year. I think, it's ne- <laughs> I think it's never necessarily a great thing when one of your supposedly star players in the secondary is already telling you he's going to test free agency next year. Um, so I do think there are issues there. For Buffalo, I'd like to have seen them address the running game and that was obviously the Achilles heel last year they haven't done anything with it like I said at the outset I want to be proved wrong by Josh Allen I genuinely do want to be proved wrong I have my doubts that he will repeat to the same level that he did last year I think the burden of that contract you know will be huge um, the scrutiny on everything that he does with that kind of money that he's being paid now will be massive so can he live up to those expectations Um the one thing that I suppose Pittsburgh have got in their favour is one thing that Buffalo haven't been great at is actually generating a pass rush themselves. I know they've tried to address that in the draft, you know, with the, the sort of early selection of Greg. Um, is it is it Rousseau? Is that how we pronounce you? Yeah, yeah Rousseau. Yeah, so we'll wait and see what um, what difference that makes. But I'm, I am expecting a Buffalo win. Um, I think it will be a good game, though. I think it'll be a tight game. You know, I think the. Um, the likelihood is that, you know, Pittsburgh will just gear up to defend the pass. I think that is going to be the thing for Buffalo down the stretch in terms of when they really get involved in the nitty-gritty games of can they, you know, really sort of um, separate from the pack. I do think being too one-dimensional may hurt them in the long run. So we'll wait and see what happens. Once that one's finished, fellas, we then obviously get the 9.25 slot and it is, of course, the big one in terms of the rematch from last year's divisional round of the playoffs. The part of the podcast, I'm going to try and play moderator, fellas, because I don't want to gang up on Liam on his first pod. I think two against one is unfair. So I'll just leave this one to you two and I will just moderate. So I'll tell you what, Liam, as the uh, the newest member to the crew, I'll let you go first. Why are the Chiefs going to win this one? Uh, good question. The Chiefs will probably win this one because Andy Reid is 16-0 in September uh, with the Chiefs. He's Mahomes is 10-0, thrown 32 passing TDs, zero interceptions, and has the highest passer rating in NFL history in September. So they always come out of the gates quite hot. In terms of the other reasons why I think, I, I just wonder, you, you'll obviously be more experts than me, but who out of these linebackers uh, is going to be able to cover Travis Kelsey? I think the safety group and linebacker group is very, very new. Uh, with a mixture of obviously young players. You've got the guy that came over from the Colts as well. 
Uh, and I think Kelsey, like he showed last year against uh, Denzel Ward, uh, I think that he'll he'll be a bit of an issue for for your defense. But that's kind of why I think they could win. Uh, in terms of if I was a Cleveland fan, I'd be quite confident in the run game. Uh, Willie Gay for the Chiefs is going to be out this week. He's out for three weeks. He's got turf toe, potentially. Uh, so he's going to miss the game, which means we're down to to our second linebacker, which is Ben Neiman, who is terrible. So the, the, the Browns are going to be able to run the ball all day uh, on the Chiefs. But the problem is you just can't fall behind or else uh, Mayfield has to actually start passing the ball a little bit. Yeah, I always, always love that injury, turf toe. It's, it's so innocuous, doesn't it? But anybody that gets it ends up out for three or four weeks. It just sounds yeah. like the most innocuous thing in the world, doesn't it? And it's surgery, is, surgery always as well, which is weird. Yeah, don't Google it. It's horrible. It it looks terrible. I, I When Patrick Mahomes went with, down with turf toe uh, before the playoff game, I uh, did myself the disservice of Googling turf toe. <laughs> It is not as innocuous as it sounds. Then that, that injury wasn't enough. You had to then try and knock him out of the game as well. Uh, well, you know, we were just delivering what Dirty Dan delivered to us. You know, it, it, it balanced out. But, that's, you know. That's fair. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, my, my turn, I'm guessing, Sean, to uh, to pile in. Yep. So, uh Reasons why I think that Cleveland will win. Let's see. Well, that record has to die someday. The uh, the sixteen and zero, I think it is in September. It's it's a, it's a record that has to go at some point. And I think that true. there is any year that it's going to happen, it's going to be this one, just because of how tough Kansas's schedule is to start off. Um, I think that you've got the Browns, the Ravens, and is it Chargers? Chargers. That's right. Chargers, yeah. yeah. So, so three really tough teams out the gate. But if you win all three, then, you know, I'm all aboard <laughs> Chiefs to the Super Bowl because to come out of that and keep your 16-0 and what will be then 19-0 and start in September intact will be mightily impressive. Um, to answer a couple of things which Liam brought up, the linebacker that will be covering uh, Kelsey is likely to be Anthony Walker. Um, I'm just actually taking a look at the unofficial depth chart, which got released whilst we've been recording this pod. Um, Anthony Walker is named as the uh, starting Mike, uh, Mac Wilson as the uh, will receiver, and Jeremiah obviously Koromora in as the second behind Wilson. Um, but I think that you'll see quite a lot of JOK covering uh, Kelsey in, uh, in this. I think that realistically the depth chart could be thrown out somewhat because... Uh, you know, he, Kelsey is a generational talent. Mahomes loves throwing to him. Yeah. And, you know, Joe Woods knows that. Um, we've definitely revolutionized the defense this year. You won't have it as easy in the air this year. Um, you won't have it as easy on the ground either. I think that the trick plays will be stuffed a bit, a bit more. The question is, can we keep up? Like you say, um, are we able to keep up? I think that... Um, the run game is going to be mightily important. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to have to put in a shift. Um, if we can take anything from January last uh, this year, it was that we tried to run down the clock as much as possible to give Mahomes as little time as possible. I think that's something which will happen again because it did work. You've got to remember, in the divisional game last year, it, it worked uh, to a point where the Browns should have won the game, really. Um, the fact that they didn't is totally on them. Um, you know, the Mahomes injury aside, uh, yeah. So, you know, I think that with an improved, with an improved roster, a, uh, a fr fresh from all injuries and the chance for the run game to shine, 
there's definitely not been a better time to go and do it, so might as well be now. <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't wait for it. I, I genuinely cannot wait it's for it. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, as soon as the schedule is released, you just look to that as instantly, you know, and even as a neutral, I know we get accused of being homers, but I think even as a neutral, you would have looked to that fixture week one, instantly penciled it in for your Sky Sports coverage and thinking, yeah, that is going to be a, an absolute blockbuster of a game. Um, you know, I think it was close in that divisional game. You know, I think the Browns have, like I said earlier, addressed the areas that they needed to address. I think the the secondary, you know, will be massively, massively improved. I think the, you know, the, the shame from a Browns perspective is it doesn't come in week four, week five, week six when these guys have had a few games together. Um, so there may well be some communication issues and all of that type of thing. Um, but similarly, you know, you've got the same kind of question marks, I suppose, about the Chiefs' new offensive line. Um, again, obviously, from a calibre point of view, you look at the players and you think, yeah, they're all, you know, top quality players. They should be able to play well together. But, you know, we know that there's no um, replacement, if you like, for actual competitive games and reps together. Um, so there will be issues there. Like you said earlier, Josh, when you were talking about Miles Garrett, if that Cleveland pass rush can can perform on the day, um, it will be interesting as well. I, I genuinely cannot wait for it. I think it is going to be the game of the opening slate. Um, you know, I think it's a much better game than the game that has been chosen for Sunday night football. I do think that is just going to be a Andy Dalton bloodbath, to be honest, in terms of the, the Bears <laughs> and the Rams. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be particularly entertaining at all. Um, but I certainly think that that Browns Chiefs one will light up the the opening weekend's coverage. I'm expecting an absolute thriller of a game. Um, predictions, fellas, Liam. Let's come to you. Uh, I think the Chiefs win, and I think they cover the six points as well. I think that Mahomes has an incredible game. I don't think he uh, took it lightly. The fact what happened last year when he got injured, so I think he'll be good in week one. Josh. Uh, so I'm pessimistic at the best of times. So to cover my heart, I'm going to say that the Chiefs win, but don't cover the six points. So I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to come down to a score. I think it's going to be whoever has the ball last. Ah, we will take that, mate. We will take that. That'll be uh, a quality Sunday night's viewing. Won't surprise you. I'll, I'll take the Browns. <laughs> like that. There you go. Bit of confidence, why not? Josh, you can keep you can keep pulling me down throughout the season, my friend, as I get uh, well and truly on this hype train. Right, fellas, let's have a look at the rest of the schedule. Not going to go through all of these in detail because some of the games certainly don't deserve a huge amount of attention. Texans, Jaguars, for example, um, is one of the ones that are on the slope. But oh, obviously, Trevor Trevor Lawrence's debut, so obviously it'd be good to see what he does. I think let's have a look at some of the other games that potentially, you know, could have been chosen for TV coverage. I think the Colts and Seahawks, one that probably shines, um, you know, two playoff teams from last year. Um, just very quickly, Josh, just come to you for your view on that one. How do you see that one going? Uh, don't rate Carson Wentz. Don't rate the preseason nightmarish train ride that the Colts have had. Sorry, Colts fans, once again, but I think that the Seahawks are going to have quite a bit of fun. Interesting. Seahawks on the road. Josh expecting uh, a big road win. Uh, Titans, Cardinals, Liam. I'm going to throw this one over to you. Cardinals are a team that seem to be either someone's dark horse or if you're Josh, someone's can't believe the hype that's surrounding them and they're going to be an average 500 team. Which camp do you sit in? I firmly sit in the camp that Cliff Kingsbury is a terrible head coach. So 
I am uh, I'm all in on the Titans on this one. I think the spread was minus three as well, which I've already bet. So I think the Titans uh, are going to be too good. Uh, both defenses are actually not great in the secondary. So I think this is going to be another high-scoring game, like similar to the Browns and the, the Chiefs. But I think overall, Titans are going to have too much. And I just worry. I don't think Cliff can draw up an offense that's going to score enough points to keep up with Tannehill, uh, Jones, Brown, and, and obviously the big man, Derek Henry. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, mate. I've certainly got the Titans in that one. The rest of the 6 o'clock games, just whizzed through them. Falcons-Eagles, Washington against the Chargers, Lions-49ers, Bengals-Vikings, and, of course, the Sam Darnold Bowl, the Panthers against the Jets. The 9.25 window, we've covered the Chiefs-Browns, other games that are in there, Giants-Broncos, Saints-Packers, which would have been a marquee matchup in days gone by, but not so much excitement around it this time around. But the one that probably does grab my attention, Patriots-Dolphins. Um, I think a lot of people are just making this automatic assumption that the Dolphins are going to improve on last year's wildcard slots and they're going to be quite comfortable in the playoff race. I was firmly nodding along when you were talking Mac Jones earlier, Josh. I think the Patriots... Um, dare I say, because we've got a we've got a number of Dolphins fans at the full 10 yards, but I, <laughs> I have a sneaky feeling that the Patriots will... Uh, well, let's put it this way. Whether they win this game or not, I'm not sure. But certainly, I think by the end of the season, I would be surprised if the Patriots aren't ahead of the Dolphins. How do you see this week one game going? Yeah, so um, it, it's weird, actually, because all of a sudden, the odds makers have got the uh, Pats as three-point favourites, and I think it's way too premature. Um, as much as I'm on the Mac Jones hype train, because I think that uh, he will end up uh, bringing this team towards a wild card spot, I don't think that they're there yet. And also, Matt Jones's first start against an elite defense like Miami. I don't know. I'm, I'm not about it. And people that say, yeah, but it's at Foxborough. You know, the Patriots always do well at Foxborough, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm not about it. I think it's too soon. I think that the Dolphins will be the more assured. They'll be the less chaotic. The Patriots have got so many new starters all, all across uh, the board. I think it's going to take them a little bit of little bit to bed in they'll be a bit like Tampa last year where I think they'll end up getting a wild card spot maybe I think it's between the Dolphins and the Pats for that wild card spot I don't think they both get in because the AFC is stacked um but yeah I I see the Dolphins winning this so, so you know forget about covering they'll have more than covered um I see them winning this by maybe four or five points yeah, I think I think for me it's one of the toughest games to call on the schedule for the week, first week. I, I think I agree with everything you've said there. I think overall it may well be that New England do end up being the better team, but there's, like you said, there's so many new pieces, so many people coming back from opting out for COVID reasons last year. Um, yeah, but that'll be another big game in that nine twenty-five window. We've touched on Rams Bears. I think we all expect the bloodbath there, so we'll skip straight on. Liam, I'll leave the last word to you in terms of the games. We'll have a quick look at. I think this has a sneaky trap game for all over it. Raiders opening up the black hole for the first time in the desert against the Ravens. Normally, if this was week seven, week eight, whatever the case may be, you just expect the Ravens to walk in there and probably take care of business. But I think that crowd opening weekend, Monday night football, first time in that huge stadium, I think the Raiders are really going to fancy the chances. What do you recommend? Uh, I disagree. Uh, I think the Raiders will fans mm. their chances. Yeah, I, I think they'll fans their chances. Whether or not that's going to be uh, going to come true, I'm not quite sure. I think this is the highest ticket price ever as well, apart from the Bucks Pats for NFL history. It's a thousand pound a game on average first Whoa, game what? for a ticket. Yeah, yeah, first game ever with fans there. So I think there's going to be a lot of rich neutrals there. You're not going to get that 
terrible old atmosphere we used to get in Oakland, which was was good if you were a Raiders fan. But I, I just still worry about the defense. I know they've they just signed KJ right, haven't they? Um, yeah. Obviously, ex Seahawks linebacker, but I still don't think that the run game for the Ravens is going to get stopped. I don't care if it's Edwards or Dobbins. I know Dobbins is out, obviously. So I think that that'll be key. I think Lamar Jackson is probably a, a lock for his over rushing yards total in this game. Uh, I just think the Ravens are going to cover as well. I think it's four, four and a half points. I think that they're too good for the Raiders. I just don't trust the Raiders' defense. Being an AFC West fan, I see it enough that they seem to always make a very amount of uh, errors, uh, especially in the opening games with John Gruden as head coach. So I'm going to go with uh, the Ravens to win, I think, by uh, double digits. Yeah, looking forward to it, though. It'll be a good fixture to round out the weekend. Uh, gone away from the traditional uh, double Monday night football to start the season, which I think is a good thing. Um, although it used to be quite nice to wake up at half five in the morning and still see one of the West Coast teams in action. Uh, we've only got the one Monday night football to start the season off. So plenty of good stuff to get involved with over the opening slate of games. If you haven't done so already, check out our pinned tweet and we'll share it in all our other social channels. Get involved with our pick competition and um, we had a fair few of you playing along last year we'll be doing exactly the same again this year will be a small prize for the winner come the end of the season myself josh and all the rest of the gang will be in the league see if you can beat us week in and week out we'll be sharing all of our picks from the full 10 yard staff on our social channels over the course of the next couple of days as we get really geared up now into our regular season coverage you'll be getting your game previews you'll be getting some reactionary stuff i mentioned earlier liam will be joining us to uh, rookie reviews talk about the MVP race Josh will be sparking plenty of debate with his power rankings week in and week out Sean's going to be handing out game balls from the weekend's action we'll get all your Sky games covered we really will be the place to be along with all the regular stuff that you get from the college crew as well um, you know really really proud of everything that we are producing remember all for the game um, you know that's that's one thing that we are massively passionate about and with that in mind if you haven't done so yet your last chance before the season does kick off get yourself a copy of the full 10 yards 2021 nfl season guide only available now in digital because all of our physical copies have sold out we, sold them um, all. we did we sold every one of them and you can still get the digital one though 4.99 or use the code yards after you've added it to your bag and you'll get a quid off and it'll just be 3.99 for 400 plus pages of content to give you everything that you need for the nfl season uh, and trust me, it'll still be good in week one, week two, week three. So you don't have to buy it before the season starts. But obviously, um, the appetite will be no more wetter than it is at the moment with football just around the corner. Liam, it's been a pleasure to have you on tonight, mate. Looking forward to your contributions throughout the course of the season. Josh, as always, thanks for being with me tonight as well, mate. Great to be back. Okay. Really looking forward to the action getting started. Enjoy opening weekend, everybody. We've waited long enough for it. Hope your team wins, unless you're a Chiefs fan, of course, Liam. <laughs> and we will see you all next week to break it all down. Thanks for listening. See you all again soon. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to find us on all our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Head over to our website, full10yards.com, where you can find out more information about why we are hashtag for the game.